0: This is Hacking the Afterlife Podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Hello. Hi,
1: everybody. Hi, everybody. Where are you, Jennifer? Um, right here in Manhattan Beach. That's my beach. That's the pier. That is your
0: beach. Wow. That's where you found that sand dollar. I did. Somebody wrote to me about that sand dollar story. They were really... It really moved them because they remembered they had a sand dollar sign on the beach, you know. Oh, thing. I love that. Very sweet. Yeah. I got an unusual email from a reader on Quora. Okay. You know, I write a lot of stuff. about the flip side in there? This woman wrote to me and she said, "I've had such a great fear of death my whole life. It's really been traumatizing. And then I started reading your posts and I started to feel a little bit more comfortable and I." I think that's why I was able to conceive a child. You got someone <laughs> of course,
1: pregnant? You got someone <laughs> She's
0: pregnant. So, you know, I w- hope she writes her review. Read this book, you'll get pregnant.
1: Exactly. I love that.
0: <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I mean, who do you tell? Not so, your husband. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be like, get that guy. So Anyways. Funny. So, I have my backdrop, which is in outer space. This was my
1: first backdrop.
0: It was. I'm an homage to you all mm-hmm. these months later. No, but our, this backdrop is in honor of our guests today, which is kind of like a hint. But, you know, if anybody has paid any attention to what you and I do, I don't have to give you any hints. I'm
1: not going to but, but outer space... It's somebody, I mean, I don't, I have no clue whatsoever. Okay, I'll be good. But, it's good though. It's
0: good. Yeah. Well, let me just put it this way. The fellow that I thought we'd chat with today showed up last night uh, having a conversation with me in my, you know, you're half awake and half asleep. And my conscious mind was saying, am I really talking to this person? Now I must, I'll tell you, it's somebody that we talked to before. So who shows up?
1: Is it Buzz Lightyear?
0: (laughs) Yes. No. But
1: (laughs) who's the astronaut? Who's the astronaut? I know it's not.
0: Buzz Aldrin? That's funny. Well, he's still on the planet. But related. Related. Let me put it this way We've interviewed this fellow. He's in a chapter in Backstage Pass 3. He's one of our group of. Super smart people that we invited.
1: Right. So the, the first thing that I got was, you know, I always put him in the wheelchair, but I know it's not him.
0: No, no, but this is, this leads to him. And I knew that that would happen. And so I was Paul, looking for Paul? that. What? Paul? Paul? You're thinking of the one guy whose name is Carl.
1: Carl Sagan.
0: Carl Sagan. Very good.
1: That's so funny.
0: It's funny. It's like... Paul? Paul Sagan, right? <laughs> no. But listen, for those people tuning in for the first time, if you looked at the book, if you read anything that Jennifer and I have done, we've been doing this for a long time. And sometimes I think of a person, or I say his name out loud, and then I show up at her office and she goes, you know, what's John McCain doing here? Or Bobby right. Kennedy Jr. Or I don't know. It goes on and on and on. But in this case, I knew that Stephen Hawking would escort Paul, Carl Sagan, into our conversation.
1: Funny. That's funny that you knew Stephen Hawking would do that. And
0: they are related. I mean, they do have a connection to each other, which I wasn't aware of until this morning. So here's what happened. Last night, I'm talking to Carl Sagan in my mind's eye. And I'm doubtful, dubious, Am I really talking to Carl? Say am I imagining this? You know, it comes know. in the same part Listen, of the brain.
1: I I can play that same tune all day long, but no.
0: So, just to skip down, I I said, "So, if this is really you, I need you to give me some detail about your life that I can look up and find out to be accurate." And he said, "I'm from Ukraine." And this morning, I got up and I started looking up his life story, and it turns out his father was born in Ukraine. And when I saw that, I went, "Ah." (laughs) I guess we're talking to Carl today. So let's just skip down, not about about me, it's about Carl. So Carl, uh, for those who are not aware that we've already interviewed him, including Jennifer, because she doesn't remember anything, we say, I'm going to ask him some questions. And okay. Luana, the first, let's ask Luana. If this is okay. Is he's the person we should talk to? What's going on?
1: Yes, they gave you the idea before.
0: Okay, very good. And Carl, I got the impression that you—I don't know how else to put it—but you were saying I—I I enjoy working with you. I mean, you said it in that way, something along the lines of we could have a communication or a conversation that'll be helpful.
1: And then, and just to show to share with you what I like with what comes through when you talk about the conversations i just saw the trees like helping the planet again so they're giving you they're giving you know you're talking but i'm getting visuals
0: from Oh, that's great that's um, great They're yeah they're giving the metaphor of why it's important for us to talk to talk about this to access people who used to be on the planet who can help the planet including somebody who loved the planet dearly carl sagan who yeah the blue dot, the pale blue dot, that was his idea. The movie Contact was his idea. Quite a few other things. But I'd like to get into it with you, Carl. I hope you don't mind.
1: I had um, no idea. But the whole reason why I did mention an astronaut was because yesterday, you know, with due to- Yeah, are you know, right,
0: they almost launched. Well, maybe that's, well, let's ask Carl. Is that related? Why, why did you show up last night?
2: you opened up last night. So I don't know what you did differently, but he's just saying you opened up and maybe
1: that, and that probably had something to do with it. Cause all it was always, it's, it was on everybody's mind yesterday. Okay. There's very few things that everybody pays attention
0: to. Well, setting, Paul did work for NASA and, and was a, an advisor for them quite a bit. And he was very helpful. Did not,
1: did not know that.
0: Yeah. And Shocking. of course, in, Preparation for this morning. I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm just a filmmaker, but I spent you know a couple hours reading as best as I could, as much as I could, about Carl, so I could ask him some questions that are relevant and aren't you know about me. So, Carl, I'm going to ask you some of the standard questions that I normally ask people, but let me ask you this, uh, Jennifer: What's he look like in your mind's eye?
1: His hair is a little bit like. I don't know. Short? It's really short, and it almost feels like it's buzzed a little bit. Okay. Like just a little spiky. I do believe he was bald at one point, so I don't know what age he was, he's showing me. I'm not sure.
2: Um, he's wearing jeans. And... Hold on.
1: And like a polo shirt of some sort.
0: Okay. I know later in life, I mean, he only passed away at a young, pretty relatively young age.
1: Was it 69?
0: Sorry. We're close. 62. In 1996.
1: Wow. So 69, 62. I'm, six, I'm not going to make that fit, but it felt like in the 60s. I just never thought early 60s. That's yeah. Way too
0: no. Crazy. Well, he died in 96, but he was only 62 years old. So, Wow. But the point being, um, I think he had cancer late in life. Uh, it was an unusual form of cancer. So he might have been bald at some point. Yeah. Because of chemo, but
1: do you, I don't know. they have, they have pictures of him? I, I don't
0: know. I don't think I've seen a picture of well, him. Well, listen, he's presenting himself as he wants to present himself. So let's allow that, whatever. You know, it might be related to going up and out of space. I don't know. I'm going to ask you some questions, Carl. And Luana, hello. Thank you for uh, inviting Carl and, and making this a place for him to share freely with us. Who was there to greet you when you crossed over?
1: Says it's fascinating. Um,
2: he can come by anytime. She likes having him around. Hold on a second. His grandfather.
0: His grandfather. Okay. Yeah. Um, was that the on your mother's side or on your father's side?
2: Mother's side. Other side. Okay. He didn't know, it, or the other, but he didn't. Fifty percent
1: chance of being right. <laughs> um, I felt like he didn't know one of them before. Ah. Like so, I don't know if he had one that he didn't. He, he didn't know one of. Them Interesting.
0: Two. I think he was named after his grandmother that he never met. So Carl, her name was something Carla or Carl, something. True. Yeah. Um. So, what was that like? So when you, when you first greeted her or she greeted you, what was that experience like? Or did that happen right away or did it take some time for
2: that to happen? They came together, both of them, the grandmother and grandfather. Um,
1: yeah, it took some time because he had a lot of people that he said somebody just grabbed his hand and he started flying. Okay. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, in our interview with you prior, do you remember that? Do you remember we, we talked about this? You described to Jennifer a feeling of sort of wandering different realms.
1: Well, that's what he well, said. He said he was flying. So you showed me a different visual of flying through okay. the different realms, like almost immediately. So wandering could have been, I mean, I think it's yeah, yeah.
0: probably- But I, my question to you would be, at what point did you realize that you were in the afterlife?
1: When when he saw people that he knew were gone. That he
0: knew. Okay, and you also discussed a little bit about. I mean, because he
1: actually said before he left his body, you know,
0: like there oh, was some. Okay, why? How did you know before you left your body? Did you see some people? People come forward.
1: He was floating above his body, so okay. I don't know how that. All right. Was... Okay, that's this a... Is
0: a this is one of those topics that scientists talk a lot about, which is belief systems and people sort of point to Carl as an atheist or agnostic. He's quoted as saying that God, um, that he believed that the God of Einstein really was the whole idea of the universe of natural elements and stuff. Not a physical person with a beard. Right. So, you know, when he passed away, there were a lot of people who said you know did you come to did he come to religion did he start believe in God i'm not interested in that because we've had There's many just, people talk about this
1: they're just laugh it had, religion has its purpose but he's kind of laughing about it because that's out of all the questions that could be asked I know you're not asking that yeah. but that's what he's that's
0: just, what they focus on
1: that's what they focus on he's like yeah. i would have. I would have never said anything.
0: <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Carl. Let's just put this to rest. Is the story as it's been told to humans in various scriptures through all the religions accurate?
2: There's like a thread. There's okay, a thread. but I need
0: you to say no because you shook your head. And are no, the people who are listening said, to her? No,
1: <laughs> but he said no, but he's showing me that there's a thread that um underlying principles or underlying truths, but
0: underlying truths, underlying principles. Yeah. It's important to say, I yeah. know I'm,
1: I'm doing the best that I can because I'm interpreting something very, why I think is pretty big. So yeah. I'll share with you what he's showing me. So he's showing me this little thread and then he says what was compounded on it was the patriarch, like the, you know, they're able to twist. You can, he's just like, just like me of him flying. I can interpret anything a different way. And so they took it and they put certain words. Like <laughs> he showed me, like words that they built a story around. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like a metaphor. And listen, and we've had I've yes. had this discussion with yes. so many people. Yes. The yes, Bible yes. is metaphor. The yes. The Bhagavad Gita yes. is metaphor. Yes. The Quran yes. metaphor. But the underlying string is unconditional love. We've heard this time and time again, that love, the sort of engine of the universe, as a scientific term, consciousness, love, is the thread that pulls us all together and keeps us all in the same way.
1: Well, I also feel that, like, when whoever interrogates us, which I don't believe they do, I think it's ourselves interrogating ourselves up there. Did you love well? Did you love passionately? You know, I think that's going to be one of the biggest questions.
0: It's a great point. Love passionately or love well, as opposed love to just well. existing in a state of love. Yeah. love. It's not just existing in love, which is a great thing to exist in. No question about it. But it's to share it, turn the key, release the love. Give it to other people. That's part of the journey. I mean, this is, and that's, it sounds...
1: And that's when Jesus, Jesus didn't fight people. He loved them.
0: He well, didn't, it sounds like a, a thing of spirituality, but Carl, I want to quote you. Spirit comes from Latin to breathe. Spiros or spirare. Numa also is Greek to breathe. And so when the Bible is talking about Consciousness, breathing, going yes. from a brick to something that's alive. They use, they use the word "spiros" or pneuma or "spirare," spirit. So, Carl's point is that spirituality isn't that far away from science. We're mm-hmm. talking about consciousness and how it functions. I, you know, I'm, I don't want to get too far astray, because I do want to talk to you about your experience, Carl which is once you got back there, you, your life was a, a very unusual in the sense that you were always an optimistic scientist. You're always somebody who took things apart. You examined things.
1: You unpacked, um, the, unpacked it like you do with
0: dialogue. Un- unpacked yeah. things. And it, there was a wonderful moment when 1939, you went to the World's Fair and you found, or you saw the, uh, those things that they bury, you know, so that you find it like thousands of years from now. You know, that kind of uh,
1: oh, that, a capsule.
0: Yeah, time capsule. time capsule. And that inspired you. And you were the guy who created the time capsule for the Pioneer spacecraft, the Voyager spacecraft. You helped craft the Arecibo message, which went into deep space. And it, the idea was the optimism that other people exist on those billions upon billions of planets that are out there. Okay.
2: Have you met a few? Yes, absolutely.
0: So would you please so, describe?
2: I, so when he
1: said, he showed me that when he was here, they would come to him. Which is, dreams is, so was like
0: or something? Or physical? Was he aware of it? No. No.
1: But he projected it. He saw things that he projected, like the whatever, for movies. Or so whatever. when you
0: got to the flip side, when your consciousness returned to the Carl Sagan consciousness of who you are, and you saw why you chose your lifetime, let's just call it that, And then able to see that in various points in your life, ETs or aliens had, which is a weird word because we're all incarnated beings. We're all aliens. They had shown up at various points in your lifetime. And what did they look like? Or were they all different? Or was there one particular group?
2: So they were lights. He just showed me all the
1: different lights, like in your background. So there was like seeing
0: light. Yeah. More like lights.
1: lights. And he just knew what lights were what. Okay.
0: Have you gone to visit any of these other cultures
2: and other planets?
0: He says all of them. I don't know.
2: I don't know how. It's a lot. I know.
0: Would you show Jennifer one, please? Could you give her, put it in her mind's eye? He's
1: saying the North Star, something dealing with the North Star. Okay,
0: let's just call it. We'll just say that somewhere near the North Star, a galaxy or a planet. Galaxy. Galaxy. And describe what it looks like on the terrain of this one particular planet that you're going to show Jennifer.
1: Showed me Subaru and Palletes.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, Subaru. Japanese word for the Seven Sisters. Pleiades and people have we've talked to people Pleiadians I think Jennifer might have
1: no I'm not thinking
2: of it okay
0: just allow it
2: yeah
0: oh Carl are you saying you've been
2: there to visit people as well? He's been
1: he's seen all of the systems that have us connected. So like the sun, like the different the different systems, hold on that are connect oh, it's so fascinating, that are connected to our system. But then he's shown me dark matter.
0: All right, before we get to dark matter, and Carl, we did discuss this in the book, so. If people want a discussion of dark matter, they got to go to the, the book, backstage pass. Let's just discuss these other cultures and how they're all connected. Do you mean they're connected because they're similar to Earthlings, or their frequencies are, are the same as ours, or relatively the same that we?
1: It's interesting because they're us el- elsewhere. So, I just saw like a like you know how you sleep and you go somewhere apparently. Yeah. Um that's not where we go, he said. Hold on.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. interpretation. Hold
0: on. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you, Carl.
2: Oh, okay. All right. So
1: They're not similar, but they're dependent on us. And I'm not sure what he means by
0: that. Okay, uh, let's just let, let that aside. Or do you want us to explore that, Carl? What do you mean by they exist because of us, because yeah. of our consciousness? Um, but it, it, we wouldn't perceive them if we weren't aware of them. Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay. Just, yeah. All right. So. I know that. Like how can- well, I'm just following what he's saying, which is that, they, that their existence or our awareness of their existence is dependent upon our ability to be aware of their existence. Right now in this conscious mind, I can't be. You and I can't be. But you can be, Jennifer, because you know, your filters are different, and you're, you're able to extrapolate these images that he's able to generate Like a receiver into your mind. It's almost like.
1: No, but he just showed me as me being a frequent, you know, big tower. An antenna.
0: Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, like an antenna, like picking up these signals and translating it into this thing we call language. So, observing that, Carl, going to all these different places and seeing other beings and realizing the nature of the universe and how these things work. Describe what that felt like to you when you. Experience that home. Wow. Home. That's what's home mean, please. If you don't mind defining it a little bit for us and our audience. That he wasn't crazy,
1: that he wasn't crazy with all that, like almost similar to what we have done, our work here, you and I, um, and many other light workers or however you want to categorize. It's just, it felt like home to him. It was just a feeling of home and the, like, um, that everything that he, and again, we said he was atheist, but everything that he believed in, there was such a bigger version of it.
0: Well, let's just say that from a very early age, he suspected this to be the case and was really a predominant person who got science to look out into outer space to look for people. Because most scientists were saying eh, they don't exist. Were they unique? Blah blah blah. He wasn't like that. His thing there's, was hope. there's
1: life forms everywhere.
0: Like there's he showed life me life forms everywhere. He
1: showed Very me that.
0: He showed me like. Well, uh, let me ask you about that, Carl. You, you express a little bit of pessimism. Pessimism. Sorry about our planet in uh, your last book. He says it's even better over there than our planet. Well, you just went like this to the planet. <laughs> like <look up. laughs> Knock on wood or wake up.
2: Wake you up. mean wake
0: up or knock on wood? Well, I was going to ask you a little bit about that. The last book of yours, The Dragons. I forget the title here. I've got it written. But the idea of the yeah, Dragons of Eden. There was a, a really a note of pessimism about the earth sort of devolving back into the Dark Ages because of its... Um, lack of science that you know they were eventually going to be following leaders who lead us off the abyss
1: well i'd like to know he just laughed because look at how long it's taken us to send two more people up you know to space
0: but i want to ask your opinion about the planet okay is it hopeful or
2: pessimistic he's looking at luana (laughs) what does that mean Lou? Lou, do you want to weigh in? It is not pessimistic.
0: Okay, That's very
1: good. Interesting choice of words.
0: Okay, hold well, it was, all right. You guys put it in my head. What can I say? Um, I want to talk about some other critics has, of yours.
1: Hold on. He just Go said ahead. that we're we so far on the ground that we can't get our, like, we're going to have a very challenging time getting ourselves out of it.
0: What we have in the past, but we we have conversations like this that can help us.
1: Yeah, and he goes back to the trees and the
0: rainforest being shot. The more we talk to people like you, the more we can help the planet. Oh,
1: you just showed me something very interesting. Sorry, that's me. That's me as an etchy sketch. I get too much information. Okay, so before I forget, I got to say it. So when he showed me the tree, he showed me a tree here being cut down, then a tree not surviving somewhere else. So the, I don't know what, and then he showed me like what they said about the atoms or whatever, like different life force in Antarctica, they were, which was debunked, you said. Do you remember? No. So they were, they said that they found some different life forms in Antarctica. Oh, Uh,
0: no, it was that they found a universe going backwards in time. That was, Okay. So,
1: so all of this came through when he was showing me, just give me a second because I find it
0: Sure. Interdependence? Is that what he's talking about?
1: Yes. And then the black holes, he showed me. Yes.
0: Okay. We'll get to black holes in a second, but just no, no, to that, clarify. That's just what, yeah. Oh, just to clarify, it's all connected. So trees dying or being killed and cut down takes away oxygen from us so we can't breathe, which also is like the cycle of destroying our planet. And we can undo the cycle by planting trees. We've heard this. Plant a trillion trees, I've heard it more than once. Is that correct, Carl?
1: We can't destroy other planets, but we, we can help other planets by doing what we do, by helping ourselves.
0: Okay. And in terms of black holes, now, are your pal, listen, you wrote the introduction to a brief history of time for our pal Stephen Hawking. And we've asked Stephen about black holes before, and I know specifically I asked him if they were portals, and he said, not in the way you think of portals. Yeah. And I understood what he meant is like things go through, energy goes through, and it transforms to becomes something else. So it's not like a portal.
1: Yeah. It, it collects trash, he
0: says. Well, it col- planets and beings that are on those planets go into a black hole, they become trash, and then they move into the next realm and become something else. Is that correct, Carl?
2: Or clarify? Okay, he showed me a tree and toilet paper being reused
1: for something else, you know, uh, recycling. Yes. Um
0: recycling. So, black holes are recycling centers. Is that correct? Not to simplify it, but let's Yeah, kind of. Okay. Recycling centers. Okay. And it's just one way to look at it. You know, we we I, tear down trees, we Well, I sure hope I'm not mis like I'm not. Just him. It's all right. He won't mind. He can always come back and talk to us later. It's true. So, you had a couple of critics in your lifetime. And you were a critical a, a ton. A ton. Show there me was a one thing. guy in particular. His name was Harold Uray. Now, he's on the flip side. Have you run into this critic of yours? Jennifer wouldn't know who he is, but you would.
1: um he died before him correct yeah correct and he says that because he was there when he died oh
0: yeah like what was that reunion like did he apologize no they just laughed oh okay very good they
1: tried so hard to prove each other's point that they lost themselves
0: that's funny that's true that is very true You were a great critic of a philosopher named Plato. Have you run into him since you've been back there?
2: (laughs) He doesn't exist. Um, (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) It's interesting because he's like, I was a critic because I, so it's almost
1: like he was there with Plato. So whether he was a part Oh cuz he
0: recalled a lifetime where he knew him. Is that yeah. true, Carl? Yeah, you lived in Greece or in Athens in that time period. And he was his nemesis then. What? He was his, was his then. Yeah, he was his nemesis then. Oh, he was his nemesis back then. That's hilarious. Jennifer doesn't remember. We had a conversation with Socrates because I asked was yeah. the story that Plato told about Socrates' death accurate. And Socrates, quote-unquote, came through and said, bullshit, he made it up. They poisoned me, but that whole speech I supposedly gave never happened. Is that true, Carl?
2: Yes, it's true.
0: <laughs> I love asking questions where I can get Jennifer to go,
2: yeah. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to say I'm,
1: it's No, not, I know. You I'm, would say no. You no. would immediately give me a feeling of no.
0: Yeah, what no, you- I know, I, and sometimes that happens. But I listen. I think they're putting the dang question in my head, so we yeah, already know the answer. Yeah. I think that's just too dang funny. Um, you know, your son. You have a couple of. You have, I think, five kids, Carl. Uh, sister Carol. I don't know if she's still in the plan or not. But I, I wanted to quote one of your sons, Dorian, who said, "My father believed in the God of Spinoza and Einstein." God not behind nature, but as nature, equivalent to it. Is there anything you want to add to that or clarify that? or?
1: Say the last sentence again, or the last part of it.
0: He said that God is not behind nature, like the creator of nature, but is nature or is as nature is, equivalent to it, the same as.
1: Yes, yes, but he showed me something else too. To, hold on. He's the life force within all the energy.
0: Okay, very good. Is it a he, though? That's the question. It is the life force that's in everything.
2: No. no. Hold on. It's a she. <laughs> I just said that. It
0: makes more sense.
2: We need, so,
1: we need something tangible, and that's the reason why, again, the whole, he just showed me the Bible with one word for the story of being put around, the metaphors. Um,
2: He says, "I am."
1: So, I the I am, I am oh. part. Of, so
0: there's no he. I am part of it, which is, wait, I go am, ahead. I am.
1: I'm. I am part of God. So, like, if God. I was see.
0: Since human, na- God isn't behind nature, but is part right. of nature. So that therefore, everything that is nature or within the universe.
1: Are we killing God? <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, this is what people fight yeah, and he wars me, over.
1: He showed me the recycling plant. I know, but he showed me the recycling plant being the black holes. Like, everything gets recycled.
0: Yeah. We still no, have And And if we can accept that, allow that for a second, and not get freaked out by it, you know. Part of the problem is, is that people for, let's say, thousands of years have been, you know, tortured, murdered, made to kneel, made to obey. Some have had epiphanies. Not that many, but some have had epiphanies with regard to these, this doctrine, whatever religion it's from. But by and large, people suffer under this illusion that we die, and that's the end. I was looking this up the other day. It was kind of weird. Apparently, one of the founders of the Christian church, a guy named Origen, or Origen, O-R-I-T-E-N, was a, propon- was a believer in reincarnation and used to teach it, And preach it. And along comes this emperor Justinian in the year 543, and he bans it, outlaws it, calls it reincarnation theory an anathema, meaning you will die if you go out and say, Yeah, we're just like nature. We get recycled, we come back. So here we are arguing about something that 1,500 years ago, some nutball came up with. So he could control his world. It, it's just, anyway. So, like,
2: the thing I've
1: being shown is that if nature, the more alive we make nature, the more that we help nature, it helps our spirit, it helps the air, it helps every, the air we breathe back to spirit, right? Breath being spirit. Great. Carl, so, it's actually so simple, but we're so stupid when it comes well, to. Well, Carl.
0: You can help us, my friend. So speaking of breathing, what would you advise in terms of cleaning up our environment so that we can get more oxygen, fresh air or fresh water, or not to use fossil fuels? What's a, what are some avenues? Pick one.
2: <laughs> to plant as many trees as far as you can see that's he I just heard saying,
0: somebody was doing that the, uh, the other I was is it in,
1: Germany is it Germany I don't know it? they
0: somebody had figured out a way to plant trees with a drone they literally you put the seeds in the drone and the drone goes out somewhere and it plants these seedlings so it's right. you could have it working all the time
2: um and that's that that's just the beginning but yet at the bottom and then he says um Not using fossil fuels. And yeah. what's an alternative? Or in we've,
1: moderation.
0: We've uh, talked to some of your colleagues. One of your colleagues suggested using water, that apparently uranium is naturally occurring in water and it's not radioactive, and apparently ocean water. In the ocean? In the water. ocean. You just said
1: I, that, sorry. I told Jack, I told my son Jack, I'm like, you're going to invent jet, flu- jet fuel from ocean water. You've got to figure this out. Because <laughs> I know someone's going to do it.
0: Wow. So, Carl, what? how would we do that? How do we do that? How do we take seawater and turn it into jet fuel or fossil fuel? Or
2: fuel, I'm sorry. You get to this. Is there like,
1: I almost saw Israel, but... Is there, and I'm sorry, please forgive me, but like the saltiest water that does that nothing can survive in, that's what you
0: need. Okay, just there's, aside from Salt Lake City, there's the Dead I, Sea.
1: I, I, I saw the Dead Sea, and then I felt Salt Lake City. I salt saw, Lake I, City. I saw
0: so those two waterways are just so much water, I mean, so much salt that things They're float. Perfect. They're perfect. Yeah. For, well, yeah, they float. <laughs> okay, and for using So just try to describe it to us. I know this is weird and complicated, but let's take a gallon of salt water from the Dead Sea. What do we do to it? Do we heat it up? Do we put it in a...
2: Well, he shows me... That's weird.
1: He just showed me like recycling plants or like what they do with, you know...
2: Separating? Separating? Okay, hold on. It's
1: almost like creating weather patterns with it. I don't know, I can't quite make it out. And I'm sorry. What are you
0: seeing? Let's try to unpack it.
1: I saw a fan and then I saw clouds going up. I
0: Hold on, hold on, slow it down. A fan, okay going like in a circle, Mm -hmm. is it moving? Lots of them, yes. Lots of fans. So are they blowing water or are they blowing the air above the water? Is the
1: blowing, they're blowing it, which I don't, there's. Maybe it's it's
0: evaporation. Is it evaporation? So like you heat up the water. Okay, thank you. This is how Jennifer and I work. So the fan represents evaporation. Right. So, evaporate, so to separate, which would you do at a uh, recycling factory, you put one thing with the other. So, you separate the salt tea water or the mm. salt that's in the water from the water. Next, <laughs>
2: then you saw after the fans. Oh, that's interesting.
1: He mentioned liquid nitrogen. He also mentioned that, so if you separate it, he's me these compounded, like, compounded
2: whatever it heavy was. Heavy water? Yes.
0: Wow. I know what that is. Okay. Is that what he's talking about? Let's ask Carl. Do you mean heavy
2: water? Not exactly, but the closest to it, yes. Okay, very good. He's showing so me means. Being that, okay, then show me again, sorry. If I get this right, I feel like, so I feel like there's something that
1: it's almost like heating something up in a microwave, but it's not a microwave. I understand. So, I have no idea what he's...
0: I, I, I think I get it. And let me, so let me clarify.
1: What but that's what it was showed. Like something that's compounded. So the salt and everything else is compounded in these little, that then it comes through and...
0: Okay. Let me just break it down. The microwave represents radiation. That's what a microwave is. Carl worked on the atomic program or pieces of it back in his day when he was at the University of Chicago. Uh, and he also had like top secret clearance for a number of different programs. So Mike. It. And they even we thinking about blowing up an atomic bomb on the moon at some point, ridiculous. But what I think what he's talking about when he shows you a microwave. And when I asked about heavy water, heavy water is radioactive water. And it's what they were working on to build the first atomic weapon. Fortunately, the Norwegians were able to destroy the Germans' heavy water plant, which saved the world from Germany getting the atomic weapon first. I happened to take a class, a course at Boston University, a class, and in the class came the guy who was responsible for spiriting heavy water out of France to England. And he told the story, what that was about. Heavy water is a radioactive substance. And so what I think what Carl's saying is create heavy water using salt water but and there's there's uranium naturally occurring in salt water and it's not radioactive so the idea of using somehow that water to create energy is that correct carl
1: it's something similar to that but he's saying take just like you said taking all the nutrients and everything you can grasp out of the salt water Right out of the saltiest water,
2: uh-huh.
1: and then it's combined with something. But I don't know if we have it just yet. I don't know if it's there just well, yet. That's
0: okay. We'll we'll find exactly. out from them what it is in the future, and then invest in it. In future <laughs> exactly. session, right? Well,
1: right. What's interesting is my great uncle uh, William. He did the. He did the. He was in charge of doing the physics for the detonations on the atomic bomb. He died I remember from that.
0: Remember you telling me that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's always been fascinating to me. Well,
0: the idea, we've talked to our buddy Albert Einstein in the past. We've talked to some of these other physicists. And the point is, yes, nuclear weapons are bad. However, the concept behind them is good. It's finding a way to create energy out of natural elements. Uranium is a natural element. Heavy water is something that's artificially created, but it's ostensibly a, a natural element. So the idea is using water for energy rather than
2: earth, uranium. Yes, because then it's not, um, then you're not
1: polluting the earth.
0: Okay, yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Thank you, Carl. It's it's
1: a different
0: type of recycling. A version of recycling. So speaking of recycling, Carl, are you making any plans to come back soon?
1: Oh, there's a part of him here already, he said.
0: Ah, the plot thins. Is it any relation to you, this part of him that's still here? Uh, That's already returned?
2: Hold on. I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Give me a second.
0: Well, if it's somebody you know, you don't have to repeat that because it'll freak them out and they'll freak everybody out who knows it. But let's just say he's saying somebody you know is already back, is partially part of him. I'm reading your mind now. Is that correct?
2: Yes. Hold on a second. It's interesting because he kept showing me the
1: presidents and I'm like, I don't believe you, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no. And then he showed me that 13-year-old kid who has four.
0: Here's what I'm saying. If you identify the kid, then it becomes problematic. So there's nobody, nobody. No, I'm not saying that. Here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying, I don't, you know, I I don't censor you.
2: Yes. I just
0: don't want somebody who's out Um, there listening in to take this in a way that they need to hunt down. Like we've talked to, you know, at one point, Jesus said that partially he had reincarnated in somebody in India. And it was like, you really want to turn that person's life upside down because here's what we need to do. We need to clarify. And if I may, Carl, weigh in on this, Lou, when people come back, they're only bringing a portion of who they are. It's not a one-to-one. It's not like they leave over there and then show up here. And then that's a no. loved one. It's it is a portion A portion of their energy. And it, right. we've talked to people and the general consensus is about 30%. That's what people mostly say. Some people bring more, some people bring less. So what Carl is saying, that he's already poured a portion of who he is into someone that's on the planet who will become a scientist or, or will not. It's up to the...
1: interesting. I'm like, so I, you're absolutely right. But was, I'm sorry, I have to say before, I, before it Go goes ahead. away. Um, what was interesting is, he, I'm like, so what is it that you... What is the... If you had a final thought... And he said, love, he goes, and then he showed me, if you love, you know, the trees and the planet, then you're gonna do something about it. If you love animals, you're gonna do something about it. I'm like, well, do you have to love people? <laughs> and he started laughing. <laughs> that,
0: would, that would help.
1: He's like, eh, but yeah. <laughs> that's so, funny. so it's, it's so, That's actually, so hold on a second. Um, that's actually loving well if you love the planet. Like William Blake had, he wrote something that talked about if you teach kids not to hurt, you know, little bugs and insects, they don't become axe murderers later on. They don't want to kill
2: anybody,
1: you know. And so if you, if you you teach, so there's, I'm saying this to people because some people, when you say, did you love well? They're like, I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have, you know, I don't have a husband. Lucky, lucky. And then, sorry, that was just me. And then they think they get in their head about just people. But what they were saying is that loving well means you love, do you, do you love something so much that you're willing to help it? Right. You, you know, I think that's an important part. Too. That
0: is important. But before we lose Carl, and I know you got to leave soon, but Carl, I want to ask you a couple other questions. The movie Contact, which was based on your book, was that an experience that you had Yes, from another that's what he showed me from: That's me. what he showed. Okay, so it's like
1: That's after he passed.
0: Well was it the was it an experience that you were presaging, or was it an experience that you had in your sleep or in a previous lifetime? It could be any one of those?
2: It was mainly what occurred in his sleep. Time does not exist, so past, present, future, same.
0: Time does exist. It's just relatively different. I know. We, Jennifer, and I say this every time. But because we wouldn't learn anything if time didn't exist. We wouldn't right. well, come here and learn a damn thing.
1: Right. Well, no, but it's not linear.
0: I know. But I'm just saying over there, the experience of time, as we've heard from many people, feels like it's all simultaneous. But when you, turn, you think of your own lifetimes, each one is lived in a linear fashion so that you can learn. So my question to you, Carl, part of who you are as a person and your journey was planned, who you were going to be. Yes. That yes. you could teach people. Is there a goal, though, within this, which is what should people take away from your lifetime, which is to learn that, we're all aliens or to learn that people exist on other planets?
2: To be, to learn, to be open to the possibilities
1: that they do exist. It's just, he just showed me, was it Fred? that's the other, a, the other person, atheist, like it's, it's better instead of, <laughs> thank you. Instead of people focusing on the fact they didn't believe in God or whatever. He's saying just be open to the possibility that it exists.
0: Yeah, that was our Harry Dean Stanton quote. Yeah, Harry. Sorry. Thank you, Harry yeah. Dean.
1: And that's so funny because he came in. Um, so for Carl, he says his purpose is to is to open up because think of all the movies that have been done because of it. If you think about it. Yeah. Um, well. To open let's up put it this process. way.
0: We we're open to it. Some people are open to it, but we still. There are other,
2: other.
1: There, are, uh, so hold on. That's interesting. That's a whole different take. Um, let's say that we're not aliens, but yet trees are aliens. Cats, <laughs> like dogs. <laughs> yeah. We just think of cats and dogs, but they're all different life forms. He's just like everything's a different life form. I don't know. Very it's good. Just interesting.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a better way to put it. Not that we're all aliens, but we're all life forms. And if you look at it, if your cat can see things flying around that aren't there.
1: It's alien to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, they discovered yesterday, they announced that dogs can smell the coronavirus on people. Yes,
1: they can. They can smell 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 cancer. They can smell anything, yeah.
0: So I was saying, wouldn't it be great if we could get your dog to bark? Somebody's coming this way that is coronavirusized, and you're yeah. like, stay back, my dog knows you. <laughs> it's social distancing with a dog on a leash. So, Carl, I would be silly for me not to ask any advice you give us in this weird pandemic we're involved in?
2: Huh. He says that it was interesting
1: because the first thing he showed me is just like, just sleep and rest. That's the way to defend yourself. Instead of being so, he's just showing me wasting so much energy on the thought process of it. He's like, it'll come and it'll go. And then it'll come again.
0: (laughs) It'll, It'll go and it'll come again, which is the nature of existence, I guess.
1: Not war. It's just a
0: different type of war. Somebody reached out to me about my mom's quote from last week. She, they're like, "I love your mother's quote." You know, suck it up.
2: Suck it up. It's not
0: war. You're not doing not each other. Yeah. But listen, we have a hundred thousand people from the United States alone who've had to go to the flip side, and their families, of course, are thinking about them and if they could still exist and. You know, of course, we'd love to chat with them all just to show that they do still exist, that that they're courageous to live a lifetime that would sort of not get the usual thing that people get. So we honor them by talking about them in present tense and relating to them.
1: I think that's our job, to talk to them. I think it's our – I think, too, with what he showed me, he goes – You think about it, if you had to sign up and you knew how you were going to pass, yeah, I'll take that stupid virus versus a gunshot wound or versus anything else, you know, but I'm not saying that, again, I don't believe everything happens for a reason, because I don't think my dad died for a reason, but I, stop it, I
0: do. (laughs) Well, you know me, you know, my next thing is, let's ask Jim, Jim, you must have met Carl, you're part of our class. What do you want to say? This is Jennifer's dad, Jim, who also has been studying astrophysics on the flip side.
2: He's always got great advice for us. Plus he knows you so well. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on. Jim? Jim? What reason was it then? You just stay quiet, Richard Martini. (laughs) Give me a second. Um, Oh, um, he said
1: that his, he did die that way for a reason from cancer because it allowed us all to say goodbye where his body was getting out. And if he would have died from a heart attack, it would have been more traumatizing. We wouldn't have all been able to spend the two months, you know, or the month that we had with him.
0: That's lovely, Jim. Thank you for sharing that. I know that was on her mind. But Jim, my one last question for you is, for aside from your lovely daughter and connecting to her, what can we tell the people listening in who are suffering from grief and loss of their loved ones um, in this time and place? And if, go ahead. He's making you laugh. What did he say?
1: Yes, he just took my hands and started spinning me around like a little kid. You know, or you just you know you you, you spin each. Other. And then he just said, he was um, just remember the love. Again, it goes back to love. Know that we're always here. And that he feels so fortunate he can talk to me. Um, If you open up your heart to speaking with them on the other side, the grief lessens. I don't know if that's true because I'm crying over what he just said.
0: (laughs) Well, Let's come on. We've quoted Jim before and thank you, Jim. I'm sorry that you know I'm sorry to cause any stress for your daughter. But he did it. We did ask Jim to help us with this concept of grief, and he said, Try to move grief to nostalgia. And it relates to what he just said. Because I asked him about it. You didn't know what he meant at the time, but he said Grief is all-encompassing sadness. Nostalgia has both sad memories and happy memories. And when you can move grief into nostalgia, you begin to heal. And so the happy memories are love memories, memories of connection. And he said, he just said it, I'm always connected. I'm always here. I'm always with you. I haven't gone anywhere. So the loss that we feel is related to us and our experience and how we navigate the planet. Because if we close our eyes, they're there. Right. They're all there. They're just over your shoulder. Carl Sagan, who died in 1996, is here to tell us that he's still here. Luana, my friend who died in 1996, welcome yes. to the club. Yeah. It's here to tell us she's still here and connected to us. All the people in our class, all connected. And we're here to navigate this goofy life that we're living. Goofy. (laughs) Lots of cappuccino and eat pizza. (laughs) Those are the important things. Yes. And to hug and love whoever it is you hug, need to hug and love. Well, no hugging, social distancing. Virtual hugs, mental hugging.
1: Uh, send loves and hugs. Yes.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad your next client is going to be have to.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> My apologies uh, okay. to you. And listen, we love you, and we know that you're connected to your dad. I, and I'm.
1: I feel now because I always said you I always felt him dying from a heart attack because he had a, his heart was bad, and he's like the irony, you know, but. That was interesting.
0: I never thought of it that way. I mean, It's an unusual perspective. It really is, which is to say, you know, you go the way you go. We talked to Peter Beard, and Peter Beard said, I went exactly the way I should have gone, which is I went out into the woods, I laid down, and I left. Yes. You know, we're not all so lucky. Some of us don't really have that option, you know, whatever it is. They just choose
1: something
0: happy. Something happy. Just... so well, let's be let's be happy in the knowledge that Jim is still here Jennifer's here Rich is still here we think we don't know it could be outer space nobody
1: watches this I learned so much from it to
0: so me maybe... <laughs> Carl's here Carl thanks for showing up last night I appreciate it I'm just trying to see is there anything else you asked me to to focus on I think I think we I think I've asked you everything I need to ask you I appreciate it very unusual conversation, and, and you know, if you want to come back, you're welcome. You're part of our class, and um, I hope that other people do the exact same thing we're doing, which is to access you, ask you questions, see if they get different answers. That'd be great. I'd love to hear it. Oh,
1: it's so funny. Show me a common thread <laughs> again, like with the common. black That's yeah. us. Common yeah. thread.
0: Common thread. So, I, I and don't that. forget to name the... Device that they make to fix energy after Jennifer and me. We yeah. <laughs> what was it called? The Schaefer Martini. Schaefer Martini shake. shake. Schaefer right. Martini shake. Okay, love you. Thank love you so you. much. Apologies to your rest of your world today. Oh, it's backing great. you up. Love, love you. Bye. Love, love. You. All right. All right. This has been HackingTheAfterlife.com with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschaefer.com, martinizone.com, or see the documentary Hacking the Afterlife on gaia.com via Amazon Prime.